There we go. Welcome back once again. This is Two Beards in a Bible. I'm John Swaino. I'm Dave Tenney. And I don't know if in the last episode did we introduce ourselves? I don't, I know. don't know. Well, now you know who we are. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, we are uh, picking up where we left off, and we're in Acts chapter 12. We had read through the first four verses. Yep. And um, you know, this is dealing with with Peter being arrested and put in prison is where we left off. And uh, they were holding him until after the Passover. You know, having just killed James, we can assume that they probably had the same thing in mind for Peter. Absolutely. So I'll go ahead and start reading. And I'm, I probably won't read. Well, maybe I will read. This is a long passage. I may stop and have you take over. We'll see. Starting in verse 5 of Acts chapter 12, it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from them. All right, so we'll stop there. So how many soldiers did you say four squads was? That's 16. Well, a squad, I think it's, it's got to be 16. And here's what I was thinking of reading this. You'd have four ships. Mm -hmm. That's why they had 16 soldiers. You had two guarding them and two guarding the door. Okay. That would make sense to me. Right. Okay. I believe a squad is four. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> but that would make sense. Because, yeah. you know, right. about six hours is all you want to do, you know. Right. Because they were, they were in prison, too. <laughs> True, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I recently had the opportunity to tour one of the local jails. Yeah, and uh, uh, on your own accord? Yeah, yeah no, no. It was <laughs> it was uh, it was an invitation by the by the police, but not in handcuffs. Oh, good. <laughs> well, that's comforting. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, yeah, just seeing the guards, you know, out there in the middle of of everybody, you know, they're they're in it too, and it's a difficult it's a difficult situation. Uh, for everybody. So, Peter's in prison, um, and everybody's praying for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, the night before, uh, you know, Her Herod's going to bring him out to the people to, to do whatever he's going to do to him. He's in there. He's chained up between two men. And I've never been chained up before, but I imagine that would, I mean, you, you're not going to get out of that. You're yeah. not, I mean, you would wake somebody up. There, there's just that's a situation. There's just no way out of. Right. Um, yeah. Even if you try to attack one of them, the other one's going to get you. Mm-hmm. 
So he, he's in a spot where there's nothing else to do. So he's, I guess he's sleeping. And uh, Angel stood by him and hit him. It says they struck him on the side. And the chains fell off of him. And he said, put on your clothes. We're getting out of here. And then he must have had that Stanley automatic door opener when he got to the gate. <laughs> right. He hit the garage door opener and the gates flew open. Yeah, that had to be something to <laughs> yeah. to behold because that, you know, we, we can we can make that happen now. Yes. But, uh, you know, there there was no, as you said, Stanley Corporation or Genie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, corporation yeah. to yeah. open that door. Yeah, it says, <clears throat> it says when they were past the first and second guard post, they came to the iron gate. That leads to the city, which opened to them on its own accord. Yeah. And going back to verse 5, uh, back to where you you began, you know, one of the things to note there is that the other brethren were in constant prayer. Yes. You know, so there, again, you have that idea of, of the brethren being very much concerned for each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, as, as we see in this example, you know, prayer... Prayer worked. Yeah. The, <laughs> the prayer of a righteous man availeth much, right? right. Uh, why don't you pick up there in 11, John, and uh, read and, till you... At least read... Well, read the 19 if you can. Okay. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go, tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. As soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he and he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. All right. So Peter comes to his... It's, it's like he almost... I would imagine if you've ever been woken up in the middle of the night, I know you have kids, mm -hmm. so I know you know what I'm talking about. Right. You know, and, and you're like in a dream... Yeah. <laughs> You're just doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you mentioned before, he was in a situation that he wasn't going to get out of. No. <laughs> and so to to be in that situation, you're kind of be similar to being in shock. Yes. You know, after a, a crash or something, yeah. you know, and you're just, you're just not totally yeah. there. You, yeah. You're just processing things. Yeah. I need a cup of coffee when I wake up before I can think clearly. Oh, there you go. But it seems like so Peter gets out of there and then and then he's like, oh, he kind of figured out what was it's like he realized fully realized what had happened. Yeah. So yeah. he he decides <clears throat> to go to somebody's house where he knows people. Right. And and they they were there praying for him. 
And this we find out this is where John Mark, where his mother lives. Mm-hmm. So I believe this may be the first mention of him. Mm-hmm. So John Mark's mother, Mary, I believe that Mary is Barnabas's sister. I believe. I could be wrong about that, but I, I'm I'm almost positive because John Mark was Barnabas's nephew. Okay. And that would make sense, yeah. right? I'm no genealogist, but <laughs> that's <laughs> usually how that works. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how I've been brought up. <laughs> so Rhoda, Rhoda, he knocks at the door. This is actually kind of, yeah, kind of interesting, kind you of funny. Can, in you a can way. kind of see that in your mind's eye, and it, it's kind of a. I, I I chuckled as I was reading it, you know, again yeah. because it's it it paints an interesting, funny picture. Yeah, you know, the, the, <laughs> she's so excited she just leaves him there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, when they when she went in, you know, they told her, "You're beside yourself." Yes, you know, you're you're crazy. <laughs> that can't be true. Because, what do you think about where it says it is his angel? Yeah, yeah. Are they uh, expecting that it's his? Uh, uh, that he's already been been killed and yeah or uh, yeah or, I, I don't know I, that's uh that's a word study that probably needs to be done there I know the um, the Jews believed in guardian angels like that was a tradition they had but this is what I, this is what I know about angels is that they're servants mm-hmm. and that's that's Every place where you read about angels in the Bible, um, they're basically doing some task that God has given them to do. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I... Were you looking at Matthew 18.10? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's it say? Take heed that you not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Yeah. So... But, but the thing the thing is is that she sees well she she didn't see him she heard his voice but yeah. anyway she she hears the voice of someone that she recognizes so they're they're saying that uh that these angels look and sound like yeah the person this, it, it's a this is a conclusion I've come to when you talk about things like angels mm-hmm. we don't know and it doesn't matter right <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah it, it's uh there, there's a lot to be said for for that statement right yes. there. You know, it, it's okay not to know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's okay not to know. Yeah. But yeah. what are we in Acts twelve? Uh, and where was that? It's in verse fifteen. Yes, Acts twelve and verse fifteen. What's okay. Mister Zur say? The girl was so positive about her report. They thought some explanation... Where are you at here? I see angel there. Their solution was that it was his angel. After his definition of the Greek word for angel, Thayer explains that the guardian angels of individuals are mentioned in Matthew 18.10, Acts 12.15. Yeah. It's a popular idea that each person had assigned to him a special guardian angel, and it is to this that Jesus refers to in Matthew 18.10. Okay, so this is a, uh, uh, Luke, it says here, Luke does not say anything for or against such a theory. 
since in the present instance the expression was that of the astonished group and their statement had no authority in the nature of inspiration. Yeah. I'm still so, going with what I said before. I well, don't that, know. That's, that's, you know, it had nothing to do with the inspiration. So there you go. It's, <clears throat> we don't know. And it, yes. it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just something that they said. And it, and it very well could be attributed to, you know, the, the, the yeah. thought or the feeling of the people at the time. If it's, if we have angels, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, well, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, maybe a study for another day. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's one of those things stuff. I wouldn't dwell on too much. No, because as you said, it yeah. really doesn't, in the, in the grand scheme of, of eternity and you know, what, what we're to do as Christians here on this earth, it really doesn't. Yeah have any bearing yeah, and there are a lot of things i think in the bible that are like that that people get hung up on yeah that and i've said this before you know people you know they they can't see the forest through the trees they mm -hmm. get hung up on something like that mm -hmm. and you know okay but that doesn't matter right you know don't get hung up on those kind of it's it's interesting and entire theologies have been built on oh they have like but, that. you know they have uh, uh doctrines you know yes. we can start naming Religious groups that that really get into angel worship, yeah, they and it do. Stems from not letting yeah. go of that of that idea. Well, you know, and I actually, and I don't know where it's at. It's in Revelation somewhere. It's in like Revelation. Let me let me see if I can trace chase a rabbit real quick, John. <laughs> I think it's in Revelation chapter. Um, I know where it's at on my page when I find it. Okay, yeah. So it's in in Revelation chapter twenty two. In verse 8, it says, Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So the angel in Revelation chapter 22 did not accept the worship. Exactly. So, so. Yeah, good point. We shouldn't be doing that either, right? Right. <laughs> okay, so Peter comes in and he, he, he didn't even say anything. He just went like this with his yeah. hands. He just <laughs> motioned with his hands. Right. And, it, uh, you know, just. Declaring to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He had a, he had a story to tell. Yeah, he did. And, and uh, he, again, you can kind of see this in your mind's eye. You know, I'm sure there was a clamor, and he, he just, I got to get this out. He said he motioned to them with his hand to keep silent. So he, it was like, talk to the hand, right? Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was the motion he made. Been around for a long time, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So he says, go tell these things to James. So that's obviously not James, John's brother. Mm -hmm. That's a different James. Could be James, Jesus's brother. Yeah. Don't know. And then he says he left there and he went to another place. And that's probably smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. Because verse 18, he knew that was coming. You know, that as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers. 
Because what, what does that mean for them? I mean, we, we read... Oh, that's not good. Yeah. If in those days, if someone escaped, you know, it was your head. <laughs> right. I, I think what the Roman law was is whatever that person was being um, tried for, <clears throat> you were going to be tried for that. You were going to yeah. suffer the fate of that person in their place. wonder why anybody ever applied for the job. Well, <laughs> I'm sure, you know, <laughs> sure, sure it happened. Uh, not like we, you know, apply for a job today. I'm sure they were conscripted well, into. And it was pretty lucrative thing to be a Roman soldier. I mean, that yeah. was. I, I I think there were lots of people that were ready to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, they they had good retirements. They had like the, the Roman government had like towns that were basically. Now, all the lands around them were given to the soldiers as, like, retirements. Huh. So, it wasn't a bad deal. Yeah. And I imagine this sort of thing almost never happened, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they had the guy chained down to two different guards, yeah. right? So, yeah. uh, you know, what could what could go wrong? You know, how, how could... Absolutely. <laughs> and under norm, normal circumstances, yes, they're right. Right. But And Herod had to have known that, too. There's mm-hmm. no way... But Herod's heart was so hard. Yeah. He could not see that. Right. And and instead of instead of admitting that you know something miraculous must have happened here. Yes. You know, it's well, let's just let's kill yeah. these guys. Yes. Because they're they're expendable. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's read about Herod. All right. Herod's death. So I'll start here in verse 20. It says, Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. And they came to him with one accord, having made Blastus, the king's personal aid, their friend. They asked for peace, because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, The voice of a god, not of a man. And then immediately, an angel of the Lord, a servant of the Lord, right, struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died, but the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their... I'll stop there because that kind of goes into... I'll stop right there. Okay. We'll pick up there and read on in a minute. So here, here's, here's Herod. And uh, now there's another instance where he's upset with another group of people. Mm-hmm. Now, it help, doesn't say why. Help me understand verse 22. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Well, here's, let, let me, uh, this is what, this is how I see this. So, so Herod's upset with these two towns. Mm-hmm. We don't know why. And... Since he's upset with them and Herod was supplying their country with food, maybe because of his anger he was restricting the food or something. Mm-hmm. He was doing something that was um, affecting these people. So the people decide, okay, we need some political influence. Mm-hmm. So we need to be friends with somebody that's close to Herod. So they become friends with this Blastus. Which reminds me of PB Blaster, right? Yeah, right, right. So they, who's like his, the king's steward, mm-hmm. and that way they can like get his ear, and maybe he'll say something nice. So 
Herod apparently decides to travel there on, on a certain day. It says on a set day. Mm-hmm. And he's in all his, you know, splendor. And he's going to go to these people and he's going to speak to them. Right? Mm-hmm. And since they've already used this man, Blastus, to try to influence the king, now they're trying to really, they're trying to put butter on the butter. Butter him up a little bit. Right. <laughs> so, they, so they're actually saying that, you know, as he's speaking to them, that this is the voice of a god. Oh, yeah. He's not just a man. He's more wonderful than that. Yeah. Okay. They're pouring it on thick. I, I didn't catch that. That's what I needed some help with. That's what I, that, at least that's the way I understand it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it is a small G, so, you know, yes. they're, they're not literally talking about the God. Right, but maybe they were. Who knows? In, in their own mind, Yeah, maybe. And Herod should have, just like, you know, when other men or deities refuse mm-hmm. worship, yeah. Herod should have done that too, but he didn't. Yeah, he let him. He let that ride. Right now, there's a you know in in this particular point in time, we have uh, an instance right here of uh, you know divine intervention, I suppose you could say, of of a direct action of the Lord and his and his uh, dominion. Yeah, uh, upon a person. Yeah, we've seen that several times with people. So we're still in that miraculous age. Yes. And uh, today we aren't in that miraculous age, and there's a whole lot of people taking credit like that for things know, and, that happen today. Yeah. So what do you think's going to happen if if you're if you are one of those people that doesn't give the glory to the Lord? That that. That should at that some should, point you're gonna you know yeah you're gonna that, answer that for should, that that should chill your bone a little bit. Um, it says that the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. If you look in uh, if you read Josephus, Josephus addresses this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So he wrote Josephus wrote a book called the uh, the Jewish Wars and and I believe that's in this is in Antiquities of the Jews. Where he talks about this, that Herod was giving this speech, and he became violently ill while he was giving the speech, and they carried him away to his chamber, and he had a horrible pain of his stomach for five days, mm. and then he died. Wow! So there's what's interesting. So there was a there's a extra biblical historical account of this exact thing too. Yeah. And just the the order of that sentence, it's not that he died and was eaten by worms. He was eaten by worms. And, and died. died. Yes. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. Uh, oh, yes. And that's not pleasant. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, so yeah, that, that, that you know, the, the, when we read the scripture, sometimes we just skim right over stuff like this. But these words... They paint a picture in our mind. They do, and uh, it, it, it's very powerful if you allow it to to sink in. You think about it and make the application. You know, there's no doubt that this was written so that we can make these applications to our own lives and realize that okay, God is the one that needs the glory, that yeah. that, that deserves the glory, and um, uh, we, we should be very careful. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Amen, mm-hmm. John. Amen. Okay, let's see if we can read uh, 12, verse 25 through 13, 3. Okay. Verse 25, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up from with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Okay, so we're still talking about the church that's in Antioch. Mm-hmm. And of course there's prophets and teachers, and Barnabas is included in there. Um, some of these other people that are mentioned, I'm not so sure about. But this person, Menaean, mm-hmm. who had been brought up with Herod. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is another one of those instances where, okay, we see there are people in very influential people who are becoming Christians. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. an important thing to note in there. Right. I think like the, like the... Like in uh, secular history, they try to paint early Christianity as a thing that only poor people were believing in, mm-hmm. and I and I've heard that many times. But the Bible does not indicate that, right? And even in in uh, popular culture today, I know there's one guy in particular that I can think of who is a popular scientist, and he's basically said that religion. Is for the weak-minded. Yeah. It's for those that that can't think well like he can. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and when you really stop and think about it, uh, if you are honest with your reading of the scriptures and you and you allow it to say what it says. Yeah. And not, you know, of course we all have our biases and we all have the you know, we're all coming from a different place. But the word says what it says. It does. And, and if we can separate ourselves and our own desires from that and let it speak, it makes perfect sense. It does. And in fact, uh, you know, you can you can use the same scientific skills of thinking to pick it apart, and it makes absolute sense. Yeah. It's when you let it's when you let uh, let, let your own desires yeah. in that, that things start to get twisted. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what, you know, a lot of times I think people read the scriptures to try to to prove their belief mm-hmm. rather than to try to read the scriptures to see what the scriptures teach. Right. You know, and that's 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 tough. And, and there are some things, you know, uh, Peter said that, you know, some of the things that Paul wrote were hard to understand. And yeah, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And there are just, there are things in the Bible that... That's why I say, if you, if you think it's sort of weak-minded, you obviously have not studied the Bible very much. Right. I mean, I don't think you can, from what we understand of Paul, you can't consider him weak-minded. No. <laughs> in any way. No. And, uh, you know, as he was told, it's hard to kick against the goads. Yes. You know, yep. it, it was difficult for him. Yeah. And, and there are certainly, there are many things in the Bible that will, that you can you can dwell upon 
for days and days. Mm -hmm. Just one little thing. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, I mean, how, how long have you been studying the scriptures? Uh, probably 16 years, I believe. Yeah. And and you, it's still, yeah, it's still when you open the scriptures, it it's still you still learn from it. Yeah, it, I, it's unlike any other any other work. I mean, you you, you read a lot of other books. I know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't read a lot of novels and so on. And I know that you do. Um, do you find those other books to be as uh, worthy of thought? Well, you know what? There, there are some like. I remember I read these books called the Chronicles of Amber when I was in uh, junior high school, and they're like fantasy books. And I I really liked them in school. And then when I was in my early twenties, I bought there's like ten books, and I mm -hmm. bought them, and I read them again, and it was still pretty good. Yeah, but I've not read them since. Right. But because I already, I mean, I already know everything that goes on in those books. But this right. book. Mm -hmm. Every time I read it, I see something I missed, right. or I make, or I think of something because I'm more familiar with it that I never considered before. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, and that's what if you really pay attention as you as you go through your life reading and studying the scriptures, there's something about these words. Yeah. There's something about this book that does something that is different than any other. Yeah. And, and the more that you study it, the more interesting it becomes. Yeah. You know, just like you said, if I were to read a book, you know, there, there's, there's a couple books in my life that I've read cover to cover, uh, and I put them down, and I don't really want to pick them up again because I know what right. it says. Yes. You know, but, but this one is different, and the more you read it, the more you want to. Yes, absolutely. I know uh, it's a John... I, I went and uh, saw John preach on Sunday, and uh, his lesson... Uh, was part of his lesson was about the second chapter of Exodus, but while he was preaching, I happened to read like a few verses before, and it talked about Moses that Pharaoh's daughter called him Moses because she brought him up out of the water, and I'm like, oh, I never, I never noticed that before. Yeah, I've read that a bunch <laughs> of times, but I just never noticed that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it was it was in the preparation for that lesson that I that I came across that and recognize that for the first time too yeah so yeah it's, it's interesting yeah so yeah the bible is a it's a unique book and john we better we better stop Good wow grief. look at that get us talking yep all right well thanks for joining in uh for another episode uh hope that you'll join in next time two beards and a bible yep out signing out <laughs>